discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for your children. Thank you for this opportunity you have given us to gather like this. Thank you for your precious, mighty Holy Spirit who is present in this place. Thank you for your unfailing love for us. Thank you that your word makes a deep impression in our hearts. Thank you for the ministry of your word and the ministry of your spirit that are present in this place. We give you glory, we give you praise. Thank you for the spirit of revelation functioning, the spirit of understanding functioning amongst us this afternoon. Even in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout if you have a voice. Give the Lord a shout. Only these people are shouting. Give the Lord a mighty, mighty, mighty shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Play something for me. Just a nice, cool melody on the background. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to our first ever Easter Friday service. Hallelujah. Mommy, you're welcome. I thought you'd be happier than you are now. Hallelujah. It's our first ever. And I know that as the years go by, it will get bigger and bigger and greater and greater and mightier and mightier. Hallelujah. Next year, it will be bigger than it is now. Next year, we'll plan properly for it. This year, we didn't plan much because it's still COVID season. If you want to gather in a certain way, people will look at you in a certain way. So we decided not to do much. But next year, God willing, Next year, I want us to pack this whole place out and pack the whole of the compound with people and share the word of God with them. Hallelujah. Then the following year, we'll move it out of this place. So this, um, these services are going to be um, one of our major outreach services. Hallelujah. So whenever it's Easter Friday, when you hear that Easter Friday is coming, know that we are preparing for something mega. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So I'm gathered, I gathered you today to tell you that. So that from next year going, you know that for all those of us in Accra, those in Kumasi too have their own service, but all those of us in Accra, this is a major program for all of us together. Every year we'll have a, two major programs together as a church. From wherever we are, we'll all come together in one place and have a mighty gathering service. Hallelujah. 
and Easter is one of them. The other one I'll let you know as time goes by. Hallelujah. I'm seeing all our pastors from our various branches. I have missed you. It's good to see all of you. I have not seen some of your faces since 31st. Yes, since 31st December. So I'm seeing some of our leaders, some of our pastors, some of our brethren from all over. Let's give ourselves a round of applause for coming all the way. Hallelujah. I can see Pastelli's mom here with us. Let's give Mama Chica a round of applause. Thank you for joining us. Hallelujah. So this um, hot afternoon, I don't know if you are feeling hot. Are you feeling hot? Don't worry. Next year when you come, it will be air-conditioned to the glory of God. I don't know if you are seeing that we are still working. Can you see that we are still working? We are getting the place in shape. The next time you come, it will be nicer than it is now. And it will be more comfortable. Hallelujah. I'm a pastor, so I care about your comfort in the house of God. Yeah. So, God willing, it will be done to the glory of God. So we can do all things. Oh, I thought you were saying it all. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So this morning, afternoon, I want to share with you um, on a subject I've titled Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example. Hallelujah. Say Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example. Are you glad you are in church? And I want us to start reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, from verse 20 to 25. 1 Peter 2, 20 to 25. There are two aspects of my message this morning. And I want you to pay attention to it. Okay? I want you to pay attention, very close attention to what I'm saying. Okay? So, and be patient with me because it will be a long one. <laughs> That's why you came. You came all the way from Kaswa, isn't it? Some of you came all the way from Tema. Who are from Tema? If you're from Tema, give me a wave. You came all the way from Tema. I don't think you should come for some few seconds of message and go away. So take your time with me. Tell anybody, take your time with the pastor so that I can share with you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? He says, what glory is there in taking it patiently when you are you are beating or you are uh, being spoken evil against for doing something wrong. If you do something wrong, what do you expect? Kabna, is that you? Oh, it's good to see you. If you do something wrong, what do you expect? What? Chastisement, isn't it? Some beatings, some things should happen. No result. He says, what glory is it when, if when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? If they are beating you for doing something wrong and you are taking it patiently, there's no glory in it because you are actually at fault and they are beating you. Then he says, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. 
He says, this is acceptable with God. If you, you, you've not done anything wrong, but people are saying something nasty about you. People are trying to destroy your life for no apparent reason. You've not done anything wrong. He says, this is what? Acceptable with God. Next verse. For even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. It says Jesus suffered for us, leaving us an example. Wow. Christ what? Also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Are you born again? It says Jesus suffered for us. And he also left us an example that we should follow his steps. So there's an example he has laid down. And wants us to follow those, that particular example. Follow his steps in that particular example that he has set. Verse 22 says, Who did no sin? Neither was God found in his mouth. He didn't do anything wrong. He never said anything bad. Next verse. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Mr. and Mrs. Kutin, it's good to see you. When he suffered, he threatened not. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He did not say, hey, am I the one you are, you are, you are touching like that? Allah, you see what I'll do to you. He never said anything like that. Hey. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Next verse. Are you following what I'm reading to you? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed for ye were a sheep going astray but now but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls hallelujah This is the reading of the word. Thanks be to his name. Hallelujah. So this afternoon, morning, afternoon, I want to share one by one on these verses. Okay? If you notice, that verse 21 says that, For Christ also has suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So I want to start with the first part, which is, Christ also suffered for us. So you can write in your notebook, point number one, Christ also suffered for us. Now I want to show you how he, how he suffered for us, what he went through, what he did. Okay? So the first part of my message is, is mostly evangelical. Then the other part of my message is exhortational and... Um, Basically exhortational. Do you like such things? So let's look at verse 22. He says, he did, not, he did no sin. Christ did no sin. Neither was God found in his mouth. He did no sin. Neither was God found in his mouth. Jesus is called the sinless man. The perfect sinless man. Jesus was sinless. Why? Because number one, he is God incarnate. Okay? Jesus is what? 
God incarnate. If you don't know it, I'm telling you today that Jesus is actually God. Tell me about Jesus is God. Now, Adam, because of Adam's sin, everyone who was born of another man, okay, it's good to see you. The Bible says that he did no sin. Tell me about he did no sin. Why? Because he was born, he's, he's actually God. He's God incarnate. If you read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, look at Isaiah 9, 6. He says, for unto us, a child is born. A child is born unto us. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. That child shall have a name, Wonderful Counselor. Then he says that child will also be called Mighty God. How can a child be called Mighty God? Because that child is the Mighty God. Then he says the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That child is actually the Everlasting Father who has been born. So Jesus is God. And because he's God, he didn't have sin in him. Because sin came into Adam the day he, he disobeyed God. And hence everyone who was born after Adam had sin in him or her by virtue of their birth. So as long as someone is born into this world, he's born into this world with sin. Please, are you following me? But Jesus was not born into this world through the seed of man. He's called the seed of the woman. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, God told um, the serpent that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head, your head. He shall bruise the head of the serpent. A woman cannot have seed. Please, are you following me? So he was talking about the coming of Christ through the agency of God. If you read in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, he says that now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. She was found a child of who? The Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was responsible for impregnating Mary. Meaning that the seed that Mary received was not the seed of a man. It was the seed of God. If you read in Luke chapter 1 from verse 37, he talks about... Let me show it to you. Oh, hallelujah. Do you like what I'm sharing with you? Mary asks, how shall these things be, seeing that I know not a man? Verse 34, Luke 1, 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost, say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. It was the power of the Holy Ghost that came over Mary. And so what she, what she conceived was actually a child of God, the son of God himself. So Jesus was sinless because, he's, because of his incarnate, his, his God incarnate. Please join us. When we say incarnate, it means that God coming in, in flesh. John 1, 14, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So he did not have sin in him, like any other ordinary man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Why was he sinless? First of all, because he was God incarnate. Okay? Am I helping you? Look at, go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. He says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know the story, right? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Next verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels came. These are people who didn't know anything. And the shepherds didn't know anything. Angels showed up to them and told them of the birth of a certain child who shall be the Savior, eh? which is Christ the Lord. Look at the next verse. Then he gave them the sign. He says, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And when they went, they saw it as the, the angels had said. Are you following me? So he was sinless. The Bible says that he did no sin. Who did no sin? He did no sin because he was what? God incarnate. There was no sin in him. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The blood of an innocent one must be shed on the behalf of the sinner. All of humanity was, was, were sinners. Who would die for who? Your mother cannot die for you. Your father cannot die for you. Because he now he's struggling. Your mother too is struggling. Your uncle who likes you and loves you is also struggling. He also needs a savior. So who was going to die for humanity? Who was going to be the sin sacrifice for humanity? Jesus was born as a sacrifice for sin because he was sinless and innocent. Are you saying it? So in John chapter 1 verse 29, look at John chapter 1 verse 29. John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by and he said, Behold, the next day John see Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There were two lambs that were used in the Old Testament to take away the sin, to, to work on the sin of humanity. One was called the, the scapegoat, and the other one was called the Lord's Lamb. Okay? The scapegoat was the, the high priest who laid his hands on the scapegoat and confessed all the sins of Israel on the scapegoat. And then the scapegoat would be taken into the wilderness. And when it's taken into the wilderness, it means that the sin of Israel is taken from the camp away. Jesus came as a scapegoat. So when John the Baptist saw him going, John the Baptist was high priest. Prince, John the Baptist was what? He was high priest. When he laid hands on Jesus during the baptism of Jesus, he confessed and brought the sin of all of humanity on Jesus. So when he saw Jesus going the next day, he says, that, look at Jesus. The Lamb, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So Jesus was there was qualified to be the sin bearer the one who takes away the sin of the world hallelujah then if you look at verse 34 36 rather go to verse 36 let's read 35 into 36 so that it makes more sense again the next day after after john stood that and two of his disciples next verse and looking upon jesus as he walked he said behold the lamb of god so jesus was also the lamb of god there were two lambs right the first one was called, they, they casted lots. They chose. They do susi susi nanako tata bumbu bokuto bokuto inami pape bumbu fire. If he falls on this one, this one becomes the scapegoat. The scapegoat has hands laid on him. Confession is made of sin on him, and then he's taken out into the wilderness to be destroyed. That's the scapegoat. That takes away the sin of Israel. 
Jesus became the scapegoat that took it away the sin of Israel. The other lamb is the lamb that is for the innocence that inno, the innocence of that lamb is given to Israel. Do you understand? So that lamb is killed and the blood is taken to the Holy of Holies, sprinkled on the mercy seat, so that Israel can be forgiven for one year. Now, Jesus was both the scapegoat and the Lamb of God that brings whose innocence or righteousness is imparted to Israel. So in this particular place, it says, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. So Jesus was both the scapegoat and the Lamb of God, who bring, whose innocence brings us righteousness. And Jesus could be this because of what type of a person he was. He didn't have sin in him. He knew no sin. Hallelujah. So Jesus, go back to first, first Peter chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 22. Look at first Peter 2, 22. It says, who did no sin? Have you seen it? I'm explaining this particular thing to you. Tell me about who did no sin. Neither was God found in his mouth. So the question is, why did he do no sin? He did no sin because he is God incarnate. And did not have the seed of sin in him. And hence could be the sin bearer of humanity. Please, you understand? Why did he do no sin? Because he, even though he was tempted in all points, he was found without sin. Jesus was tempted in all points. All the temptations you go through. Have you ever been through any temptation before in your life? Ask your neighbor, have you been tempted before? What kind? What kind? <laughs> The man is laughing. He can't see. <laughs> ask your other neighbor, have you been tempted before? And ask him, what type of temptation? <laughs> Jesus was tempted in all points, just like you and I are. And yet without sin. Meaning that he was tested. Jesus said that the prince of this world cometh and he has nothing in me he has nothing in me the devil tried his best but he could not get to him amazing hebrew chapter 4 verse 15 he says for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities ask anybody do you have feelings jesus also had feelings hey! jesus also had feelings for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points, every point you can think about, every point, from stealing, to lust, to pride of life, to self-righteousness, to every single thing you can think about. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was full human. He also had flesh like you. His flesh was not different from yours. His flesh was just like yours. Wow. For we have not done a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So there was no sin in him. He was born without it. And when he came on earth and he was tempted, he was still without sin. No, no sin could touch him. Wow. Hmm. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. 
The word new is ginosko. It means he never, he was, even though he was exposed to sin, he never participated in it. That's what it means. He was aware of sin. He was exposed to it. He was tempted like every other person. But he never, ever went along that line. Wow. Is Jesus not powerful? For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, all the righteousness of Jesus Christ after he was tempted and yet found without sin is given to you on a silver platter as a gift. Jesus' righteousness after being tempted in all points is given to you free of charge as a gift that it is yours. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 to verse 4. So Jesus, even though Jesus came to know sin, he didn't participate in it. He didn't participate in it at all. He knew no sin. He says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be worried and faint in your minds. Let, let's read the Amplified. I think it would be better if we read it in the Amplified. Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all the comparison in all comparison with your trials so that you may know you may not grow weary or exhausted losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds next verse you have not struggled and fought agonizingly against sin nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood jesus resisted sin to the point of pouring out his own blood can you imagine he was tempted in all points. He did no sin. Tell neighbor, he did no sin. Tell your neighbor, he did no sin. Tell your neighbor behind you, he did no sin. So you have a sinless, perfect Jesus Christ, who is now the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. If you are born again, he's the Lord of your life. Tell neighbor, if you are born again, he's the Lord of your life. And his sinlessness is given to you free of charge as a gift his sinlessness is given to you free of charge as a gift wow look at verse 23 now first without 223 he says who did 22 says who did no sin that was God found in his mouth he never said anything that was not right everything he said was right next verse then he says, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When they insulted him, he did not insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He did not say, hey, am I the one doing this to you? see what I'll do to you. He never said that. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Now, when Jesus came on earth, Jesus did many beautiful and many nice things. There was nothing Jesus did that deserved death. There was nothing he did. Today we are seated here. You see, Jesus' death is significant. That is why even after 2,000 years, it is still being celebrated. Do you know Michael Jackson died some years ago? When was the last time you heard Michael Jackson's death being celebrated? How about Mandela? Mandela was a very good man. But Mandela's death is not celebrated. Isn't it? How about the last pope? You don't even know his name. 
What a shock. It lets you know that there's something significant about this man. And he's the man I'm talking to you about today. Hallelujah. So when he came, he did many good things. If you read in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10 verse 38, he says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? And healing all that were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. He did only good things. Not even one, he didn't do one thing that deserved for him to be insulted or deserved for him to be beaten or deserved for him to be killed. Nothing. He did only good things. He did so many good things that one day he was talking to the children of Israel and saying some things to them in John chapter 10, verse 30. He spoke, spoke, spoke and said, I am my father one. And they took up stones to stone him. Look at John 10, 30. I am my father one. Next verse. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Next verse, verse 2. Verse 32. Jesus answered them, Many good works. He himself said it. He says, Many good works have I showed from have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? Which one? What have I done wrong? Then he said, For a good work, they themselves admitted that he had done many good works. They themselves admitted to the fact that he everything he did was correct. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou being a man makest thyself God. He was not making himself God. He was actually God. Tell anybody, he was actually God. Hallelujah. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 7. Verse 36. And he charged them that they should not tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. Jesus healed a man who was deaf and blind. And he healed, he healed him his blindness and healed his deafness. To the extent that a guy could see and could talk. Nobody does such things. I mean, even it's, it's a very difficult thing for someone to do. But Jesus was doing that. He could do that and he was doing it. Look at the next verse. He did, he did the healing and said they shouldn't talk about it. But when he said they shouldn't talk about it, they started talking about it even more. Go, let's go from 36 once again. And he charged them that they should not, they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal, they published it. And look at what they were saying in their, in their speech. Look at what they were saying. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, he has done all things well. He has done all things well. Say he has done all things well. Say it like you mean it. He has done all things well. Say it like you mean it. He has done all things well. He has done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. So Jesus didn't do anything bad. Everything he did was good. Even the Jews confirmed it. Even the Jews confirmed it. So why did he suffer? What was the reason for him being beaten? What was the reason for him being nailed to a cross? It was because of you. And because of me. Because of our sin. Hallelujah. Look at, let's look at Luke. I don't know which one to mention to you first. But let's look at Luke chapter 22. Verse 52. He was arrested like a thief. He hadn't done anything wrong. 
Then Jesus said unto the chief priest, this was at his arrest. He said unto the chief priest and captain of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief? Are you come against me as a thief? With swords and staffs, they came to him to pick him up, to arrest him with swords and staffs. And he said, hey, why are you coming to me as though I'm a thief? Next verse. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. I was with you all the time. But you stretched forth your hands not against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Even at his arrest, Peter cut off someone's ear. And Jesus took the ear and slapped it back onto the guy's ears. And the ear got stuck. Yet they arrested him. When they came and they asked him, he asked them, who are you looking for? Then he said, we are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Then he said, I am he. When he said, I am he, he actually said, I am. I am. When he said that, all the soldiers, there were about 300 soldiers. All the soldiers went back and fell down. Under the power of what he said, when he said, I am, they all fell down. And they all rose up, cleaned themselves and still arrested him anyways. He has done all things well. Say he has done all things well. He never did anything bad. Never. One day. This is several years ago. This is like 1998. 97, 98. There was this thing that came into Ghana. That um, was from Nigeria. Brave, how are you? It's good to see you. Shouting on the bridge. Hey, my thing is missing. My thing is missing. He said, what are you talking about? The guy said, it's missing. It's missing. It's missing. It's lost. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And the people took the guy, the young man, the young university boy, and beat him. Beat him so mercilessly and put a tie around him and bent him to death. In fact, before they bent him, they chopped off his limbs. They chopped off his... I saw his torso. With It's not a small thing. They just killed him just like that. It took, after t- it took about two days for them to recognize that it was actually him. He died for no, for no reason. You see how shocked you are? That is how Jesus also died for no reason. Jesus died for no... He didn't do anything wrong. He did every good thing you can think about. Yet they picked him up as a thief. Why did they pick him up as, as a thief? The Bible says that they envied him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the rulers of the synagogue envied him because of the masses of people that were following him. So if you read in John, let me show it to you. I think I have your attention now. That story worked. John chapter 11, verse 47. Look at John eleven forty-seven. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. What, what should, he does so many miracles. What should we do? Go up. Go to verse uh, 45. I'm sure you'll see something. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. And, but some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what thing Jesus had done. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about bringing Lazarus from the dead. After dying for four days, he brought him back to life. When the Pharisees and the rulers of the synagogue heard that, they said, man, we are in trouble. There's something going on. Then got the chief priest and the Pharisees and, and, and counsel and said, what do we, what do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. Next verse. 
if we let him alone if we let him that's alone all men will believe on him and the romans shall come and take out both our away both our place and nation this is why they arrested him they said if we leave him alone the romans will come and take our place next verse and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year said unto them you know nothing at all you people you are jokers you don't know anything why are you people discussing this we don't know anything look at the next verse now consider that it is expedient it's advantageous for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not it is good it is advantageous for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation should not perish next verse and this spake he not of himself he says he didn't know what you were saying but being high priest that year he prophesied that jesus should die for them for that nation he was prophesying without knowing he was even prophesying this year you prophesy without knowing you are even prophesying yes. hallelujah i see it so when they brought him to Pilate in matthew chapter 15 look at matthew chapter 15 mark chapter 15 sorry verse 9 mark 15 from verse 9 do you like what i'm sharing with you are you learning anything but Pilate answered them saying will ye that i release unto you the king of the jews yeah i was asking the people do you want me to release jesus they were calling him they were they accused him for saying that he's the king of the jews and they said that we have only one king caesar is our king we don't know this one go back we're reading from verse 9 isn't it but Pilate answered them saying will you that i release unto you the king of the jews next verse for he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy Pilate saw it he knew it they had, that they had given him up because of envy they were envious of him because he was doing things they couldn't do he was doing good things they couldn't do so they picked him as a thief as a thief and they beat him mercilessly look at the next verse but the chief priest moved the people when Pilate said i want to release him they said no 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 they moved the people that he should release rather release barabbas unto them barabbas was a murderer barabbas had led an insurgency he was a rebel that was fighting against the roman government so in their minds barabbas was even a better person than jesus who had, who had done nothing wrong the bible says that barabbas was a murderer he specifically says he had, he had killed people jesus who was doing good when he was reviled he reviled not when he suffered he threatened not they spat on him look at the next verse and Pilate answered and said unto them what will you then that i should do unto him whom you call the king of the jews next verse and they cried out again crucify him crucify him for what what did he do what did he do what's the accusation crucify him what's the accusation crucify him hey. If you don't do they told him if you don't do this you are not a friend of caesar they told Pilate, if you don't do this you are not a friend to caesar kill this guy then Pilate said unto them why what evil has he done and they cried out the more exceeding they even cried out more the more Pilate tried to release they said you my friend killed the guy for what all these things are happening because of you tell anybody because of you Tell the other neighbor because of you. Tell the neighbor behind you because of you. Yeah, because of you. 
And they cried out the more exceedingly, crucify him. Next verse. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scorched him to be crucified. They scorched him. They tore his back. Hmm? They tore his back. When he was reviled, he reviled not. They spat on him. People, this was early in the morning. Jesus was, Jesus was picked up very early in the morning before the cock crow. So he was picked up around 2 a.m. Why? What I, what's the, did I say something? You are shocked. Yeah, he was picked around 2 a.m. Yes, that's the time you pick thieves, eh? That's the time you pick people who are owing you. Late in the night, I remember someone was owing me. I went to his, I went to his house at 4 a.m. With the police and we're at his house and we told him he should come out. He said he won't come out. Do you remember? <laughs> he said he should, he said he won't come out. He doesn't know us. Maybe we are coming to kill him. We said, no, we are not coming to kill him. We are taking him to the police station. He said, I will still not come out. Hey! We have to get him out of the house. They picked him up at 2 a.m. He told Peter that before the cock crows this morning, twice, you would have denied me three times. Peter said, Lord, who, what are you talking about? I'll be with you wherever you go. So before the cock crew, Peter had denied the Lord three times already. And he was shocked. The last time, Jesus' eyes and his eyes met like this. And Peter could not bear it. Because Peter said, I don't know this man. I swear my father can do not I don't know this man. I've never seen him in my life. The same Peter who was eating in the same bowl with Jesus. Some few hours earlier was denying him with all of his heart. But that is what you would have done. That is what you would have, you would have done worse. You would have sworn heaven and earth and all the angels and everywhere that you don't know him because death was staring at him. But Jesus knew about death, his death, and he walked comfortably into death because of you. Brother, if you, if you don't accept the sacrifice for you, I don't know what else you want. Look at such a good man. The Bible says, for God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Jesus died for sinners. He died for people who are not correct. If you are here, you have not given your life to Christ. You are the one I'm talking to. He did all this. He suffered without returning back. He was involved and he didn't say anything back. They, early in the morning, people woke up early in the morning. So they took, they took Jesus to Pilate around 7 a.m. And brought him back to Herod by 7.30. And took him back to Pilate by 8 o'clock. By 9 o'clock, he had been condemned. He had been beaten and he was carrying his cross on the way to Calvary to go and die. And early in the morning, as he was going, as he was carrying his cross, moving like that, the children of Israel stood up in the morning, early morning without pasting, without brushing their teeth. This time, there's even Colgate and uh, Pepsodent. By that time, they, were not, they didn't have those things there. So their mouth in the morning was not an ordinary thing at all. They woke up early in the morning and spat on him. Pia! Pia! Like, just like that. The Bible says they slapped him. And when they slapped him, they would say, you are you are a prophet prophesy who slapped you they covered his face with a cloth and they will stop him and they will say prophesy who, who, who beat you who hit you they formed a can of thorns and put it on his head what has he done nothing it's because you had done something wrong they did what you deserve to him so that you will be brought close to god Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. Are you following what I'm telling you? Are you learning anything? 
First Peter chapter 2. He says, who when he was around, around not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Next verse. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. This is why he came. So that he can bear the sins of the world. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Verse 25. For we were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He says all of us were sheep going astray. Jesus left his comfort to bear the sins of the lost and rebellious sheep that is humanity in order to bring us to God. He left his comfortable abode. Jesus was the word of God. He didn't need to react and interact with man at all. Not on any level. For what purpose? What is man? It is, it is he who made man. Yet he subjected himself to man for man to punish him and for him to be killed. He made himself of nothing. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, look at Philippians 2 5. I'm explaining these two last verses, these last two verses, okay? He says, let this man be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, this is God, Jesus was God. He says, he taught it not robbery to be equal with God. He did not make himself equal with God. Is it because he could have said something to, for instance, when Pilate was talking to him, Pilate said that, won't you answer me? Because Jesus was not talking. Pilate said, won't you answer me? Look at how many accusations they are bringing against you. They say you have done this. They say you have said you are, you are, you are God. They say you have said, I mean, who should be killed for saying he's God? If you are God, I mean, that's your business. You can say the person is a lunatic. Leave him. Why do you want to kill him? Because he was doing things that only God could do. And they knew that this guy is a threat to us. So they organized his death. Pilate said, don't you know that I have power to release you? Then Jesus looked at him and said, you have not power at all. I don't blame you. I blame the one who gave, you to, gave me to you. I can call, don't you, I can call legions, thousands of angels to come and fight on my behalf. But my kingdom is not of this world. Let's proceed. This is the reason why I came. So let's proceed. Yeah. Yes. It was the lamb done before he shows. He didn't say anything. Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given you from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee has the greater sin. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. He was equal with God, but he taught it not robbery to be, to be equal with God. Next verse, verse 7. But made himself of no reputation. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Why? Because of you. No reputation. The Bible says he came unto his own, his own received him not. He came to the people he created. They didn't accept him. Then he took him upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And after being made a man, which is humiliating for him, he went down some, form, some more and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death. And out of the death of humanity, he died the worst of them all, which is the death of the cross. The cross was for the worst of all sinners, the worst of all thieves. Wicked people. I'm bringing the first part to an end very soon. Then I'll go to the second part. Okay? He left his nice palaces. He walks on gold. He left it to come and come and die for you. 
Because of you. Tell neighbor, because of you. Don't reject him. He's calling you. Tell neighbor, he's calling you. To accept what he did for you. So that you will not be punished. Like he was punished. He was punished because of you. Yeah. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. He says that he was delivered. Jesus was delivered on account of our offenses. He was punished because of you. Let's read Amplified. Who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds. He was put to death because of our misdeeds. Because of the misdeeds of humanity. Because of the misdeeds of the lost sheep. Rebellious, wicked people. That is why he died. He bore our sins in his own body on the cross of Calvary. It wasn't a sin. But remember, he did, not, he did not do any sin. He knew no sin. Neither did he do, a, he do any sin. In him was what? No sin. He knew no, for he knew no sin. Eh? For he was made to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus did not know sin at all. But because of you and because of your sin. How many of you have stolen something before in your life since you were born? Look at, lift your hand and look around you. Some people are very, they've not stolen anything before. You've not stolen anything from your mother's soup. You never stole anything from your mother's soup. You see, you have added another sin to your sins. You have lied. You just lied. You just lied. Hey! You just lied. Right now. In the church. How many of you have thought about somebody in a bad way before? Now both of your hands are coming up. Wow. I can still see some righteous people over there. They have never done anything wrong. Praise the Lord. Look at Luke, Luke chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus left his comfort. Because of the lost sheep. Because of you and I. He left all that he had because of you. Brothers and sisters, you can't leave this place today without receiving what he did for you. It is a sacrifice. He decided to come and come and suffer for you. And bear your punishment. Hmm? To bear your punishment. First, look at First Peter chapter three, verse eighteen. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ also has once suffered for sins. He has suffered for it. There's no need for you to suffer. There's no need for anybody in this world to suffer for sins anymore, because Jesus has suffered once for sins. Then he says, "The just for the unjust." The righteous one for the unrighteous one. What did he do? Did nothing wrong. He's the just. And he suffered for the unjust. That is you and I. So that, why did he do it? So that he might bring us to God. He did it so that he can bring us to God. Listen, God's hands, hands, hands are wide open for you. He is ready for you. God does not hate you. Jesus has reconciled us to back to God. 
Second Corinthians 5, verse 19, it says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ, bringing back the world into friendship with himself. Hallelujah. Now, God is calling you. Will you come? Will you come and receive what he gave for you? He died for you. Just because he says, he died for you. For Christ has once suffered for sins. The, the just for the unjust. So that he might bring us to God. So that he can bring us to God. Go back to that place. First Peter 3.18 Being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit. He was put to death in the flesh because of you and I. There's no need. Listen, there's no reason why you should go to hell. Nobody should go to hell. Nobody. You don't have to go to hell. What takes people to hell has been handled by Jesus. Sin is what takes people to hell. And Jesus is the solution for, for sin. If your cloth is dirty and they are bringing you Omo to come and wash your clothes, will you say, no, I don't like the Omo? If you are not feeling well, you have malaria and they are giving you Kowatem, why will you say you don't like the Kowatem? Jesus is the solution to the sin problem. The sin problem has been solved. And the solution is Jesus. Why would you? Why it doesn't make any sense? I don't understand. Someone says that if I come to Jesus, all my I, I will have to give up all my foolish things. I don't want to give up all my. What is wrong with you? Can't you see that those foolish things are destroying your life? Can't you see that you are really sick? You are sick. There's something wrong. And there's a solution for you. If you are a prisoner and they have they have brought you. The keys to get out. They've opened the, the door for you to get out. And you say, oh, I like this place. What, it, it shows that there's some mental retardation. Something is going on. Doctor, what could be wrong with such a person? He's mad. Wow. I'm not the one who said it. The doctor said it. There's a psychotic problem. They have opened the, the gates. You are free to go. Someone has paid for you. Go away. You say, no. If I go, I will not enjoy the prison anymore. Hey. So you are enjoying the prison where you poo poo. They poo poo there, they will be there, they do everything there. They sleep as cans, sardines in a can. Yeah. One's leg is here, the other's head is here. Leg is here, head is here, leg is here. Leg. They say, get out. You say, no, I like this one. Hey. I want to what? I want to pay for my wrong. Oh. You don't need to go to hell. You don't need to go to hell. Jesus is the off- offering. Say to your neighbor, Jesus is the offering for sin. He's a sacrifice for sin. Lazarus went to heaven when he died. The rich man went to hell when he died. The hell is real though. The rich man could feel. He could, he could test. He was testing. He was feeling everything. He was asking for a drop of water. He couldn't get. Why would you want to be in such a place? Someone said, oh, Michael Jackson will be there. Listen, there's no fun there. There are no musical interludes. As you are burning the fire, then there's a musical interlude. Okay, right now, we are going on a holiday. Michael Jackson's coming to sing. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. There's nothing like that. It's just fire and worms. The fire that does not quench. Why would you want to go to such a place when Jesus has died for you? Why? Brother, God is inviting you today. He bought this punishment for sin so that you will not bear it. If you are here and not born again, you are the reason I'm talking like this. You are the reason. 
He wants you to come to him. This is the love of God to you. But God commended his love to us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. There's no salvation in anybody else. Jesus is the savior of the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 14 to verse 15. He is the savior of the world. Nobody else can save you. For without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness, there's no remission of sins. And Jesus' blood has been shed for you. It is, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus was sent to be the Savior of the world. He's the only one who can save you. For there's no salvation in any other. There's no salvation in any other name. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Look at Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in any other than the one who is the savior of the world. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved apart from the name of Jesus. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. There's one God. Only one God. There are no five gods or 20 gods or 200,000 gods. Only one God. And there's only one mediator, one bridge between God and man. The man Jesus Christ. The man Christ Jesus. Only one. He's called Jesus Christ. And he's the one I'm preaching to you today. All you need to do is to believe in what he did and accept what he did. That's all. He says, if we shall believe that God sent him to die for you and you shall confess it for yourself, you shall be saved. Go back to 1 John, where we're reading chapter 4. Chapter 3, rather. No, chapter 4. 1 John 4. This amount verse 15. We read 14. Let's read 14 into 15. Then I'll call you. And we have seen and do testify that the Father, Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. If you confess him and believe that he's the Son of God, God will come into you. You'll become a child of God. And he will come and stay in your life. He will read you from the jaws of hell and bring you into the eternal bliss of heaven. Right now, with every eye closed, if you are here and you have never given your life to Christ, Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. I surrender everything if you are here and you have not given your life to Christ, lift up your hand. If you have not given your life to Christ and you want to give your life to Jesus today, lift up your hand wherever you are. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. If you are here and you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand wherever you are. I can see a hand over there. Oshes, where are you? Oshes, come and help me. I can see a hand. I can see a hand there. If you have lifted your hand, I want you to come. Come to me. 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 Help them come to me. Help them come. Yes. Come. 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 You are the reason why we organize the program. Come. Come. 
Come. Come to me right now. Wherever you are. You are the He left 99 to come for the one that was lost. 99 to come for the one that was lost. Don't let anyone or anybody prevent you from receiving Christ today. Come to me right now. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you right now. I feel there are some people seated who need to come up. I still feel it. That there are some one or two people. This is your day. You never know when you will leave this earth. You never know when you will die. Don't be shy of anyone. Oh. When you die, you are the only one who will go. Bring it down. Bring it down. One day. Listen to me. One day. Everybody, eye, eye open. Eyes open. One day, there were some friends. You are welcome, my dear. There were some friends. Okay? They were all chilling together in a car. And they had a gruesome accident. They were four in the car. And three of them died. Apart from one. Three of them died apart from one. And one of them who died was called Patrick. The one who did not die was called Joshua. Josh. Now, one day Josh got... So when Josh... Got, Josh also got the crash. They were all in a crash. Okay? He was driving. He didn't die. But the three friends, everybody died. When he got to the hospital and recovered and got home, when he got home, there was a letter. This is a popular story. It was a letter in his house. And he picked the letter. And it was a letter from Patrick in hell. Patrick has sent a message. He had written a letter. He said, Josh, dear Josh, I am in this place. The last, time I, the last thing I remember was us being in the car. When I opened my eyes, I realized I was in this place. And I was in this queue with others. And there were big angels all over opening books. They call it the book of life. And as they opened the books, it got to my turn. When they searched, they couldn't find my name. They couldn't find my name. And the big angels took me and dragged me into hell. There's fire here. I'm burning. Josh, why didn't you tell me of this place? I know you were a Christian, but you never mentioned it to me. You never mentioned it to me. Even on that day when we had the accidents, there were three opportunities for you to tell me about Jesus, but you never said anything. He mentioned the other friend. He said, this guy brought it up, but you kept quiet. You didn't say much. You laughed it away. Then, I also brought it up, but you laughed it away. Then I brought it up again, just before the accident. And you brushed it off. Josh, why didn't you tell me? Now I'm here burning. I'm here burning. 
Then he said, P.S. I wish you were here with me. You didn't tell me. We can all be moving around. You don't know what someone has done. You don't know if the person sitting by you has given his life to Christ or not. Don't say, oh, this person is not going so. No. He says, this is the day of salvation. So if you are sitting down, I'm talking to you. And you know you have not given your life to Christ. You don't know where you are going to after all is said and done. Join us here. I'm giving you two minutes to join us. Every eye close once again. Every eye close once again. Sing that song for just two minutes. I surrender. Come, don't be shy. Come, 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 come. Jesus is calling you. Yeah, He's calling you. Come. If you believe and you die and there's nothing, you don't you are not disadvantaged in any way. There's no disadvantage to you. There's absolutely no disadvantage to you. No, no disadvantage to you. Not even a single disadvantage. Not even a single disadvantage. Come. 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 Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Every eye closed. I want you to close your eyes. You believe that's why you're here. Close your eyes as I lead you in this prayer. I want you to say this after me. The Bible says that if you confess Him, whosoever shall confess Him, as a son of God, God dwells in him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame. This is your day. This is your hour. So I want you to say this after me. Say this prayer after me. Say, Father, and mean it with all of your hearts. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, for me to die for me I believe that he died and I believe that on the third day he rose from the dead you said in your word that if I believe and confess Jesus as Lord I'll be saved therefore I declare boldly that Jesus is Lord of my life I am saved now in the name of Jesus, I receive eternal life into my spirit. I declare boldly that I'm a child of God. I've been taken from hell, from the power of darkness, to the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Now devil, you have no place in my life. I am now a child of God. I am now the righteousness of God. Therefore, you have no place in my life. Thank you, Father, for washing me away from my sins. For washing my sins away with the blood of Jesus. Thank you for giving me life. I declare that I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. Let's give them a round of applause. You are welcome to the family of God. I want you to follow this pastor over here. 
Follow him over there. He's going to show you what to do. So kindly go. Just, let's give them another applause as they go. He will join us in some few minutes. Come, come here, please. Come, come, please come. Don't go. Don't go. Come, come there. We want to take your information and help you. Ashes. Follow them. Pastor, pastors, come. Follow. Make sure you go where they are supposed to go to. Wow. Are you excited about what the Lord just did? Give the Lord a shout if you love it. There's joy in heaven over one soul that repents. One, even one. There's so much joy. Hallelujah. Can I preach the second part of my message to you? That one is to you. Remember, I'm sharing concerning what? Christ suffered for us. Leaving us an example. I've showed you concerning Christ suffered for us. Now, I want to show you leaving us an example. Is it a good thing? Now that I have you, I have to say what I have to say to you before you go. Okay? We are supposed to close at 1.15. It's not closing time. And some of us just came. Hallelujah. What's the time? 12.37. So I'll finish by 12.50. Is it okay? I'm traveling. I'm driving to the mountains right, right after service. So you don't have anywhere to go. I'm here. I'm going. So Hallelujah. So number two, number one was what? Christ suffered for us, isn't it? And I've I've explained all that to you. Number two is what? Leaving as an example. Leaving as an example. Say leaving as an example. That we should follow his steps. Oh, say it like you mean it. Let's say it again. Leaving as an example. That we should follow his steps. You see, we are all here now. All of us are Christians. All of us are church folks. We are church members of this house, of this church. Jesus did something. And he says he left us an example. This is um, Passover, Easter. The day that Christ died. What does it mean for us as Christians? It means something. He's letting you know that he did it so that you follow his steps. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Philippians 1, 29. Can you read it to me? If you have a mouth. Do you have a mouth? Great. Ask your neighbor, do you have a mouth? What did your neighbor say? You have it. Okay. So, read this for me. One, two, go. Read it once again. One to go. One last time. Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So he says you are not just supposed to believe in him. You have all believed. That's why you are here. We are called believers. Tell me about I'm a believer. Yeah, we are all called believers. He says, it is not only for us to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Many years ago, you know, some people say that, oh, it's not Good Friday. Because if Jesus died on a Friday, he cannot rise from 
the dead on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Bible mentions that Jesus rose from the dead the first day of the week, which is actually Sunday. Actually, it, Jesus died on a Thursday. Someone was asking a question recently about it. He died on a Thursday, so it's supposed to be good Thursday. But whether he died on a Thursday or a Friday or Saturday or whatever, the most important thing is that he died. The church fathers decided to choose Friday. There's nothing wrong. Because Jesus said he would, he would spend three nights and three days in the belly of the earth. Okay? And the Jews count the day from evening to morning. If you read in Genesis chapter 1, you see it. When God was creating the heavens and the earth, every single thing he did, he said, and the evening and the morning was the, were the, was the first day. The second day is this, and the evening and the morning was the second day. So it start, their day starts from the evening, after sunset, from 6 p.m. All the way to the following day, after sun, before sunset. Please, you get it. So their 24 hours is counted from 6 p.m. So if you, if you do it from Friday, it doesn't work. If it's Friday, because Jesus died at 3 p.m., if you died at 3 p.m., and we do the calculation from 3 p.m. today, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, will lead him into coming out of the dead on Monday morning. But he died on Thursday afternoon, Thursday 3 o'clock. So he spent Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, and rose on the third day. Jesus rose on the third day, which is... So he spent three nights in hell, and on the third day, he rose again. If you read in Acts chapter 10, from verse 39, you see it. Look at Acts 10, 39. And we are witnesses of all the things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in, the, in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on the tree. Him God raised up the third day. How is it? He says, God raised him up what? The third day and showed him openly. So he rose the third day, which is a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. But the most important thing for believers is not arguing concerning what day he died. The most important thing is for us to understand why he died and our place and our role in his death. So Philippians chapter 1 verse 29 lets us know that listen, you are not only here to believe and enjoy all that comes with believing. Enjoy eternal life. Enjoy righteousness. Enjoy the inheritance of grace and glory and goodness that he has brought. It's powerful. Because of Christ's death, we have been brought into many good things. We have inherited eternal life. Which comes with beautiful benefits. That's powerful. But he says that we have not been called to only believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Jesus died with something in his mind. He had you in mind when he was dying. If you read in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 15. This is for Christians. If you're a child of God, this is for you. How many of you are, ch are children of God? Wow. Then this is for you. Let's put all jokes aside. This is very important. This is why he died. He says, and that he died for all. Jesus died for all. So that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Jesus died so that you would not live to yourself again. He wants you to start living for him. He wants you to start doing what he did. He wants you to bring news concerning who he is to others. That is why you are born again. And in your effort to bring news or share his gospel to others, you will go through some things. So Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. 
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to all them that believe. If you don't say anything like Josh kept quiet, then all those who are around you will perish. They will all die and go to hell. And God will hold you accountable for it. Paul said, I will not be careful, okay, to declare unto you. I will not, I will not, I will not prevent myself from declaring unto you the whole counsel of God. Because I am pure from the blood of all men. Are you in the church? So he died so that you can spread his word. Spread. If Peter had decided not to go anywhere and stay in Jerusalem, the gospel would not have come to you. If if Peter has decided that I'm going to enjoy the new life in Jerusalem, enjoy my spiritual abundance, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed. See, I'm blessed. If Peter decided to say I'm blessed and stay in Jerusalem, they would not have heard anything in Samaria, in Jericho. If Paul had decided to enjoy the inheritance of the Lord in Antioch, and enjoyed himself. None of us will be here by now. It took the sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed so that you can also sacrifice. He taught us sacrifice so that you can also sacrifice. That is why next year when we are doing this program. Eh, you make sure someone hears. Make sure someone is born again during this time. Bring someone in. Don't just be sitting around and watching. That is not the example Jesus gave. If Jesus has sat in heaven and said, oh, they, should, they, should, they can go to hell, we wouldn't be here. Your nice, beautiful self would have been on your way to hell. But he came to come and suffer and die so that you, don't say I'm just a church member. What is wrong with you? Are you not a born-again child of God? You don't need to be a leader to do anything for Jesus. The reason why your existence is because of him. Your beauty is because of him. Your education is because of him. Your parents are because of him. Everything you have is because of him. He wants you to preach his gospel everywhere you go. That's why I called all of you. To let you know that don't just sit in that church building. And be enjoying the blessings of the Lord. And be smiling and saying nice things. And taking tea and coffee. Doing boys, boys and girls, girls. Boys, boys and girls, girls has his place. But always remember why you are existing. You are existing because of Jesus. He died so that those of us who live, those of us who receive him and believe him, will not live unto ourselves. Stop living unto yourself. Stop living with everything you have in your mind as a house. A car. Marriage. Children. Is that all your life is for? You know, some people have accused us of... Uh, marrying ourselves can you imagine that oh in, in love economy if you join love economy church you can't marry anywhere else you have to marry the, it's not true is it true no. it's not true we love marriage yeah. tell them that we love marriage yeah. but we hate marriages that will take you away from the kingdom of God yes that is what I preach against I preach against the marriage that will take you away from God if you marry somebody in the church who will take you away from God and prevent you from doing anything from, for Jesus, don't mind that person. 
If you marry somebody from outside the church and the person will help you do the work of God, marry the person, don't even ask any question. That's what I've preached. Yeah. Not marrying and then that's, it's, like, it's finished. You can't do anything for Jesus again. When you say you're going somewhere, your husband will say, my friend, come back, come back, come back. Come back. It's Easter, let's go and chill at somewhere else. That's what we are against. Because everything, our marriage must preach Jesus. Our children must preach Jesus. Everything about us must preach Jesus. Do you like my message? Give me fans if you like my message. Mark chapter 8. Verse 34. Mark 8, 34. 34 to 38. It's a very simple message. He has left you an example. He has left you an example. He was comfortable, Sarah. He was comfortable. He was very fine. Jesus was living large. He was living well as the word of God in heaven. He was fine. There was no problem. Everything was fine. Everything was okay. But he left and came so that you can also come. So that you can also be benefit, have benefits. Says, let this mind be in you. Don't have a mind of selfishness. Me, myself, and I. There are a lot of selfish Christians. So many. When we hear evangelism or bring people to the house of God, it's finished. What kind of... Some people, some people say that, oh, love economy church, when you come to this church, they will be, every time it's evangelism, we are doing so winning, we are doing this. They are criticizing us for doing what Jesus said we should do. Yeah, I've heard some people have left the church to go to a place where they will sit down and be happy. Because in that church, there's no, no, they don't do anything. You can be very comfortable, nice, air-conditioned, nice. I'll give you a condition, but you will still do evangelism anyways. Because that is what Jesus sent us to do here on earth. What is your use here? Are you not more profited in heaven than being on earth? You have, you have benefit being in heaven, but why has Jesus kept you here? When you get born again, he leaves you here. Why? Because of others. He wants you to bring others into the kingdom. And he wants you to use your life, no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. When it comes to building his church, he forgets about everything. No matter what it takes. Don't, don't just keep your life. He says, if you keep your life, you will lose your life. This is why a lot of Christians are suffering. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, so this is not a message to his disciples alone, it's to everybody who is born again. It's not to only the leaders, it's to everybody. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Child of God, deny yourself. Deny yourself from your selfish ambitions. I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that. That's powerful. But the biggest achievement is leading people to Christ. The biggest achievement is serving the Lord with your life. The biggest achievement is sacrificing your life for the Lord. There are people perishing in other places who need the gospel, who need to hear. Don't sit down and cross your leg. Don't sit down and be looking nice. Even if you just got born again, it is a message for you. Because as soon as you are born again, God gives you a, 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 a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. All of us have it. Every child of God has it. You don't need to be a pastor to be a minister of reconciliation. As soon as you are born again, you get it. Second Corinthians 5. Verse 19, to wait that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto, unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Next verse. Now when we are ambassadors, we are as ambassadors, blah, blah. Go up. Go to verse 18. 
He says, and all, let's read from verse 17 so we can understand. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all these new things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry. He gives to us the ministry, the service of reconciliation, bringing others back to God. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, it includes you. Even the children. Look at your other neighbor and say, it includes you. Decide that you will be a minister of reconciliation. Tell me by decide that I'll be a minister of reconciliation from today forward. I will not keep to myself. I will not save my life. I will lose it for him. Go back to Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Do you know what that means? What he's telling you is that leave your ambition for his ambition. Leave your selfish ambition. You want to buy five cars. Some years ago, I was thinking about a certain car when I turned 40. And when I turned 40, I want this car. Then I went somewhere and I saw about 40 of those cars. I saw 40 of them. Okay? For many people who are serving the Lord, they, were, they are missionaries. They are serving the Lord with their life. And their bishop has bought it for them. So many, so many of them. Same car that I said when I turned 40, I want. When I went, I realized that, oh, I have to serve the Lord with my life. What is car? What is house? You can build a house and be depressed inside. You can marry a wife and not be happy. You can marry a husband and not be happy. All that is important. We love it. But there's one thing that is more important than any of these things. Deny himself and take up his cross. Everybody has a cross to take. The cross is your own suffering in building up the body of Christ. Whether you like it or not, you are part of it. So long as you're a child of God, you have a cross that you must carry. Just as Jesus carried his cross to be crucified on, you too, you have a cross to be crucified on. You have a cross to bear. The cross is shameful, but Jesus despised the shame. Because he knew what he would get after. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he says that, go to Hebrews 12, 2. I said, if I quote another scripture, I'm quoting. I'm sorry. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Go back to that place. Take up your cross and follow me. Verse 35. For whosoever will save his life, whosoever will save his life, this is Jesus talking to you and I, if you want to save your life, why are you not going on evangelism? I, I'm too tired. I don't feel like this is so. Whosoever will save his life, why are you not winning a soul? I, I, I don't know. I can't talk much. He says, if you open your mouth, you fill it wide. If you open your mouth, he says, the spirit of your father which dwelleth in you shall speak. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. See, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm a preacher of righteousness. Say it like you believe it. Say, I'm a preacher of righteousness. I'm a servant of the Holy Ghost. I'm a worker together with God. By me, 
many will be established in the house of God. By me, many will get to know Jesus. Listen, if we put our ch- all our church members together, we are close to 3,000 in the whole world. If every church member, and I'm talking to everybody, if every church member should decide to win one soul in a year and establish that soul in that year in the church, a year by now will be 6,000. If the following year, we should all decide that we are going to win one soul and establish one soul in the house of God, will be 12,000. By five years' time, will be more than 40,000. If everybody, it's not one man's job, everybody has been called to it. If you save your life, he says you will lose it. That's why Christians are dying. That's why Christians are sick. Because they are trying to save their lives. They want to save their life. I don't want to come into contact with certain types of people. You will die early. I was thinking about a certain man of God, eh? And death crossed, his death crossed my mind. I rejected it with all my heart because I've not met him yet. I said, if I meet him, unless I meet him, he's not dying. When I finish meeting him and enjoy all the blessings he has for me, then he can die. See me. I don't know him from anywhere. I'm praying that he shouldn't die so that I can be blessed. If you are just going to be a lawyer, because you are taking people's money, if you are just going to be a lawyer, be a doctor, be, who will pray that you will not die? Who will pray that you will not die? But if you be a preacher, winning souls through your law firm, winning souls through your practice, through your whatever, if you're a market woman, through your market, through whatever it is that you're doing, decide to win a soul. Decide to change your life. Decide to be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake. And the gospels. And the gospels. For my sake and because of the gospel. He shall save it. He shall save it. Brothers and sisters. I came to you. To tell you that Jesus died. Leaving us an for us to follow. Look at the next verse. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? He was not talking about people outside. He was talking about people inside. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? Don't just chase things around. Chase Jesus. Bring his gospel, his good news to your neighbor, to your friend, to your beloved. Some of you are here. Your beloved is outside the house of God. He's a foolish boy. He's a foolish, she's a foolish girl. And you like her like that. Bring her to the house of the Lord. Change her life. A year from now. A year from now. Tell them a year from now. I'll be coming with my soul. Established in the house of God. I'll be coming with two souls. Established in the house of God. Are you listening to me at all? Look at verse 37. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I don't want to be ashamed. I'll bear my cross. See, I'll bear my cross. Just like Jesus bore his cross. See, I'm a child of God. Say it again. I'm a child of God. And I'm a, I'm a soul winner. I'm anointed for it. I'm anointed for it. I have ability from the Spirit. 
the Holy Ghost is in me, testifying through me and winning my world to him. Through me, many shall be established. I will not keep my life. I will lose my life for the gospel and for Jesus' sake. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.